Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show, sponsored by BetMGM. I am your host, Josh Harris, and on this random Friday, we have a 10-game slate, and joining me to break it down, as always, is Slim Cliffy. How are you doing today, Cliffy? Oh, not too bad. Um, it is uh, a weird <laughs> it is a weird <laughs> schedule quirk the NHL's got going on here. I don't mind um, having a big slate like this on a Friday. Um it's nice to, I don't know, just kind of change things up every once in a while. I just wish that they'd keep uh, big slates on Tuesdays and Thursdays as well. Like every Tuesday, Thursday, it just becomes kind of a ritual. It's nice to have a little bit of a change up here. Um, twice the games to break down that we did yesterday. Um, I didn't do so well yesterday. My forward stacks kind of did fine. Um, I managed to fit in um, a Toronto power play stack, Sands Marner who wired a goal last night to extend his point streak to 21 games. Um, had them with uh, the Winnipeg top line. Cole Perfitti scored an empty netter to kind of drag them to respectability. But my defensemen and my goalies did absolutely nothing. I think I got like 10 points combined from them. So not really a great night. Uh, pretty good night for the Dallas defensemen. Um, Miro Haskinen had 24 points. Nils Lundqvist had 19 um Tyler Sagan scored that overtime winner left alone in front of the net in three on three overtime it's kind of a broken play like I think he fell and was left behind the play or whatever and there was a turnover but um you probably shouldn't leave Tyler Sagan alone in front uh in overtime that would just be my coaching tip to the Ottawa Senators but uh yeah not not a not a great night for me um first big five dollar MME last night saw your uh Twitter post didn't go uh, the way you had hoped did it. Well, here's the thing, right? There, <laughs> there's a couple of things. There's some good news. There's some bad news. The good news is I made 150 lineups and they're actually all unique. Like in Fantasy Cruncher, I don't know, maybe a couple of them were duped, but bad news is I only cashed 17. The really bad news is I couldn't figure out copy and paste in Excel. So I had to manually enter the 151 at the time. Whew. And for, for viewers that don't haven't known you for a long time, um, I've known you for quite a few years now. Uh, copy and pasting problems is nothing yeah. to, new or nothing new uh, in your world. So uh, maybe we'll have a, a we'll put up a copy and paste evergreen video post on the Stochastic DFS channel uh, just for you. Yeah, copy and paste is my kryptonite. Uh, a few years ago, when me and the guy from Line Matching were doing, we're on another site. I, I used to write my articles on my iPhone in the notes tab and uh, I highlighted everything and hit cut 
and I thought the article was deleted for like 30 minutes. I was like so tilted. And then he was like, it's still there. Just paste it. <laughs> I didn't know when I pasted it. It was like the best thing ever. Copy and paste. It's an ongoing process. Yeah. yeah. Life life is a journey. It's all about uh, learning new things as, as we go along. And then I realized after lock that I was highlighting the wrong cells in Excel. So. I guess I should have, should have added that to my fantasy cruncher video. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but it was my mistake for putting in a dummy lineup. Next time I'll just leave it blank. So all I have to do is just when you load up the entries, it's just like a nice big blank screen, and I'll just paste it in there. But we're not we're not here to talk about my copy and paste problems. Although I mean it's funny. I am. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. And listen, I, I talk a lot of smack. So if you want to come at me, <laughs> copy and paste is the way to go. But uh, yeah, we got a 10 gamer. Goalies. Wow. Just hit puberty, apparently. Voice crack. Goalies are quite a scene tonight. Uh, there's some really high road totals. Let's get into it. Before we do, make sure you like and subscribe. So you can keep up with all of our shows. DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. Don't forget, almost all of our content is available in podcast form on the platform of your choice. Help us out by leaving a five-star review. Leave a review. Talk about copy-paste. I'll know it's you. <laughs> it's better than talking about the size of my head. Uh, let's get into it, shall we? First game, quite a banger here. We have a seven over-under in this one. Pittsburgh Penguins with a 3.7 total heading into Buffalo. The Tage Thompsons have a 3.2 total. Tristan Yaris confirmed Craig Anderson is probable. Tage Thompson up to 8,700, excuse me, on DraftKings after his 70-point DK performance the other night. Going along with Tuck and Skinner. That line is really expensive now, and they're coming in with double-digit ownership. I don't want to say this is the worst matchup, but it's not the best one either. It's kind of middle of the pack. It's definitely not playing against the empty net like they were against Columbus the other night. Um, you know, they're probably going to see some sort of top six in for Pittsburgh here. Pittsburgh coming in with lower ownership on the road with a higher total. And I, I just, you know, despite, you know, the Sabres laying pipe the other night, I think, you know, the Penguins are in a pretty good spot. The Sabres aren't very good defensively. Push comes to shove. I'll take the lower ownership. I'll take the road team and the higher total here. What are you doing? Yeah, um, Pittsburgh was a team that I had highlighted um, in my picks article um, that I wrote today for Stochastic up at Stochastic.com. Head on over to the NHL section. It's free for everyone to read. Um, I did write up uh, Sidney Crosby, and I also wrote up um, uh, the Pittsburgh top line as a stack in this game. Um, one of the reasons I wrote up Crosby is there's a lot of high scoring around the league. I mean, you just mentioned Tage Thompson's, uh, 70 point, uh, DK banger, um, right. Start of the show. I mentioned Mitch Marner's 21 game point streak. Jason Robertson had like an 18 game point streak. I think Kirill Kaprizov is up to like 13 or 14 games or something like that. Um, Connor McDavid is averaging almost two points a game. Um, we'll talk about him a little bit later. So it's, some players, some players are getting kind of lost in the shuffle a little bit. Sidney Crosby's having his best offensive season, at least so far, in the last ten years. Um, I don't think people kind of realize just how good he's been. Fifteen goals, thirty-five points in twenty-six games. 
um, you know, that works out to like 115 point or 120 point season or something like that. He's doing exceptionally well. And what I highlighted in that article is it's without doing much on the power play. His power play production per minute this year is about half his three-year average uh, from 2019 to 2022. So if the Pittsburgh power play can ever pull itself together, you know, Crosby has a chance to go, you know, absolutely nuclear. It's just the Pittsburgh power play has legitimately been awful, um, you know, last in the league um, over the last month. Um, it hasn't mattered whether it's been Chris Tang or Jeff Petrie or running double defensemen on the top unit or whatever. Um, nothing has changed their results. It's just been awful. But the 5-on-5 line, that top line for the Penguins has been unbelievable. Um, you know, not quite five goals in one game like Tage Thompson, but still pretty good. Their last 115 minutes together, 4.6 expected goals for only three and a half goals for which is still really good. It's not super elite, still really good. Shooting under 10%, though, that's kind of the problem. Um, and the power play is the other issue is, you know, Ricardo Raquel was moved to the top power play unit. Um, he um, has been, you know, pretty good this season. But again, you want some extra power play production. The good news is, is Buffalo's penalty kill, not really that good, right? Um, that's, you know, I'd say there are a handful of weaknesses on the Buffalo team. One of them, um, has definitely been, uh, their PK over the last month, um, sixth most, uh, shots allowed, um, bottom 10 by goals allowed, um, penalty kills, not very good. So if there is ever a spot where the Pittsburgh power play can finally drag themselves out of hell, um, it seems like this one. And as we always talk about the Buffalo top line really likes trading chances back and forth. Um, over three expected goals against in the last 100 minutes together. So I'm with you. I do like um, the Pittsburgh top line here um, in this matchup. They're probably going to be a lot higher owned on FanDuel. Like, I think their price on FanDuel is just a little over 20K, which is actually pretty cheap um, on that site. They'll be much less owned on DraftKings, so it might depend where you play. But I agree. Like, I do like um, the spot here for the Pittsburgh top line. So I'm on Pittsburgh one. Um you know, if you want to add in Malkin or something and take out Raquel, make it an extra power play stack, add a double center, do something like that. I think that's perfectly fine. But it's Pittsburgh one for me. Um, on the Buffalo side, like, I think you're fine to go right back to that second line, right? Like, I know Dylan Cousins is really starting to get priced up. But I think 5600 for what he's doing is pretty reasonable. And I don't think it's just a hot streak. Like, a lot of his scoring chance creation numbers, you know, some numbers I look at um, outside – of what we offer on the site are really, really good for this year, like in line with Sidney Crosby himself. So, you know, that Quinn Paterka Cousins line has been dynamic offensively. They don't play a ton. They don't get the power play minutes. Only Cousins does, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't mind Quinn Cousins Paterka um, as a line. I, I think I would probably prefer like a duo stack. I know it kind of sucks to leave one guy off, but go like Cousins and Quinn or something like that. I don't mind Buffalo too against this Pittsburgh depth, um, but I think it's the Pittsburgh top line I like most in this game. Yeah, I agree on that take. Pittsburgh one, obviously my favorite in this game. You can go back to Buffalo one if you want, but like double-digit ownership on a 10-game slate, it kind of feels like if you were off them the other night, you're like jumping on a bandwagon that's already left, and you're just always just going to be chasing the wagon. Like, like there's – like maybe there is a way, but there there almost feels like there's no way he's going to come close to 70 DK points tonight, knocking some wood. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm probably going to be off 
Buffalo one in my one to three, but like going back there is perfectly fine. There's a bunch of really expensive lines on the slate. There's ways to fit them in, but you know, going back to, you know, Buffalo two, I think is perfectly fine. Yari's been shaky at times this year. The uh, Pittsburgh penalty kills, not great. And you get cousins on the top power play who is involved on the power play. He's just not, you know, a guy like Hagel on the power play, for example, like cousins actually does get involved. You probably can fit them in if you punt defenseman and goalie with Edmonton one, which we'll get to later. So yeah, if you're if you're going that route, I think Buffalo two is definitely in play. On the blue line here, I think Petrie's fine at fifty three hundred. Pedersen, I guess, is okay. He's kind of starting to creep up into the high threes, which is a little bit too expensive for my taste, but I think it's fine. On the Buffalo side, Rasmus, Dalian fine at seventy two hundred. Owen Power. Matias Samuelson, Henry, Joki, Haru, depending on your, you know, cost tolerance there. Yeah. I, the thing with Owen Power for me is that he's not really putting up much for peripherals, right? Um, 34 shots in 26 games, 31 blocks in 26 games. That's really not that much. Um, you know, Matias Samuelson can get, can definitely get you some blocks. He does play like 22, 23 minutes or whatever. I think I like Samuelson amongst the cheap guys. For Buffalo, if you need to go even cheaper, Yokohara is fine for sure. Um, Jeff Petrie's probably a guy I'd prefer on FanDuel. He's pretty cheap um, over on FD tonight, just forty six hundred. Um, his DK price is fine, but I think it, it, it makes more sense to play him on FanDuel. Yeah, agreed. There, let's move on to the next one: New York Islanders with a two point five total heading into Newark, New Jersey. Pretty awful. The Devils have a 3.5 total. Elias Sorokin, Vitek, Vanacek, probable. I mean, like, okay. I, if this game was on Long Island and the Islanders were home and they could dictate matchups, maybe I'd have some interest here. But, like, with New Jersey being home and being able to dictate matchups in this game and them having the blue line that they do, like, I don't think, like, yeah, Jonas Siegenthaler isn't a household name for DFS, but he's legitimately having a Norris-type season and nobody really talks about it. His numbers are incredible from a defensive standpoint. So, like, from one to three lineups, I'm probably just out on the Islanders. The more lineups I get to in MME, maybe the, if they get in organically, then I'll leave it. On the Devils' side, I, I'm not a huge fan of stacking against Roken now. He he did get bombed the other night. Like, bad games happen to goalies. But, you know, the Islanders don't take too many penalties. Their penalty kill is pretty good. I think if anything, I'd full stack one of the top two lines. Yeah, um, I'm glad you mentioned um, the Islanders not taking penalties. Only 3.1 times shorthanded per game. That's below average. You know, the average is 3.3, I think. Um, and New Jersey doesn't really draw a lot of power plays either. 3.2 power play opportunities per game for the Devils. That's also below average. Like, they may be playing a lot of 5-on-5 here tonight, which actually might not be a bad thing for the Devils. They're like their power play is not great. Like it's good, but it's certainly not like a Boston um, or you know Colorado when they actually have players in the lineup. Um, yeah, I do like this matchup for uh, the Devils' top line. Actually, their top two lines really are have really good matchups. It's the ever-present problem of Elias Roken, right? Um, yeah, he did get bombed out, but he's still been arguably the best goalie in the league this year. I think him and Connor Hellebuck kind of won two um, on the season. And 
the, you know, that Islanders top line with Josh Bailey there, um, surprise, surprise, not really that good defensively. 3.1 expected goals against per 60 minutes. It's the same as the Buffalo top line that we just talked about that said was a good matchup for Pittsburgh. Um, the problem is 1.3 goals against, again, because Sorokin's absolutely, you know, just a, a mutant in net. Um it, but it is a good match for that New Jersey top line. And they have been very good together. 4.1 expected goals for, which is absurd. 4.2 actual goals for, so right in line with what they're generating. Not playing a ton, which is kind of the problem. Like Jesper Bratt's down around 17 minutes. Even Nico Hishier's only, you know, around 19 minutes over the last couple of weeks, which, you know, we've seen him around 21 minutes a game um, in recent games. But <clears throat> they have been absolutely um, dynamite together. Um, you know, I think they're fine to just play them as a full three man, leave Tatar in there. It's not as if Tatar is that expensive. Um, the, you know, the price on the line is very reasonable. Um, so I do like devils one, um, devils two is kind of interesting. Um, since Dawson Mercer moved there and they took Jesper Brad off, I don't think it'd be a surprise to know that they're generating a lot less offensively. The difference is, um, the shooting percentage, like I think they're shooting over 15% as a line. That's why they're like their offensive numbers are actually good, but that's something that's going to regress. Like it won't stay above 15%. You know what I mean? So um, that's a problem. Um, Jack Hughes has seen a little bit of a teal of ice time decline as well, which is a little bit of an issue. And he's only at 3.4 shots per game over his last 10 games. Um, earlier in the season when we were loving to play Jack Hughes, it was because he was, you know, shooting 4.3, 4.5 shots per game. You know, losing a full shot per game off your total, you know, one and a half points on DK doesn't sound like a lot. Um, but when you start doing that game after game, um, it can certainly build up. So I don't have any problems playing with New Jersey second line. Um, you do get two guys on the top power playing unit. They are cheaper. It is a good matchup going into that Islanders second line. They're not very good defensively either. Um but I think it's the devil's top line I like better um, just because they are generating more. Um, you're probably going to get more minutes from um, uh, Brad than you will from Mercer. Um, you know, Tatar has been pretty good in his own right. I think he's been a little bit better than Eric Hollis. So New Jersey won for me. Um, I agree with you. Nothing on the Islander side. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. What, what are you going to say? Let's move to the blue line. Islanders have some issues, like injuries on the blue line too. So like there's a bunch of, Cheap fellas there, but I don't really want to play them. I think I am taking a pass on the full Islanders team outside of Sorokin. Like, I have no interest in their blue line. On the devil side, Dougie coming off a monster game. I, yeah, I think he's fine. Like, he can obviously get the peripherals he could score. So, yeah, like, if you're doing devils, I think correlating is there. Otherwise, like, yeah, Marino or uh, Ryan Graves, excuse me, John Marino. Like, they're fine. I'm just not running out to play them in this matchup. Yeah. Um, Dougie Hamilton on FanDuel is pretty 900. Like, I think it makes a lot of sense to play him over on FanDuel um, where he's been priced down. Um, the one defenseman that's actually really sticking out for me in this game is Sebastian Ajo. Um, the other Sebastian Ajo. Uh, the one who, yeah, you'll, you'll see his name start with a five um, in some projections just to separate him from the Carolina center. Um, with Adam Pellick out, um, he played like 19 minutes last game, which is really unusual for him. He's usually around 15, 16. And he's not, he's like, I think he's a good offensive defenseman. He just gets hidden at the bottom of the Islanders lineup game in and game out. So if he's going to play 19 minutes, I don't mind uh, Sebastian Ajo if you need a, you know, a full punt on DraftKings here tonight. Yeah, I can, I can dig that. 
Seattle Kraken with a 2.9 total heading into Washington. The Capitals have a 3.1 total. Phil Grubauer, Charlie Lindgren confirmed. I'll come out and say it. If there were good goalies in this game, I'd have nothing on either side. But because Phil Grubauer and Charlie Lindgren are starting, I think you have to consider both sides here. Uh, Ovechkin hit the empty net twice the other night. It's like the A-Rod of of NHL, just useless empty net goals unless you played them, obviously. But I think, you know, on the capital side, I'm going to do what I always do with them. It would be some sort of power play stack. I think, you know, Oshie is still a good price at 3,900. Kuznetsov is fair price at 4,700. Ovechkin fine at 7,600, not getting a lot of ownership. On the Seattle side, I would probably just full stack one of the top two lines. Uh, I have a personal preference of McCann, Beneers, Eberle, but if you like, you know, the Wenberg, Burkowski line with now Bjorkstrand up there, I think that's fine as well. Yeah, I think if I was to play something from Seattle, I agree with you. It would be that McCann, Beneers, Everly line. The reason f- for that being they'll probably see a reasonable amount of that Milano, Kuznetsov, Oshie line. They have not been that good defensively. 3.1 expected goals against, um, 3.7 actual goals against. So um, that's where that goaltending you were talking about is kind of coming into play here. Um, I do think it's a decent matchup for that Seattle second line of um, McCann, Beneers, um, Everly um, not coming in with a ton of ownership either. Um, we have them under 2% uh, on DraftKings here tonight, which is, you know, a good leverage for them. A little bit higher on FanDuel, but still under 4%. Like, e- even if you don't want to full stack them, I think, you know, just uh, a, a two-man stack of, like, you know, um, McCann and Everly because these guys are on the top power play unit. I think that makes, that makes complete sense. So, um, yeah, I don't mind them in that matchup. I think it's the Washington top line. I'll say top line, but I'm kind of leaning towards some sort of power play stack for the Caps. The reason for that is not that Seattle takes a lot of penalties. Um, It's actually only 2.9 times shorthanded per game. That's really not a lot. Um, But the Seattle penalty kill has really taken a nosedive over the last month or so. A lot of it goaltending related. I don't think anybody will be surprised by that. And what I mentioned in that picks article, uh, again, free to read up at stochastic.com. I wrote about Evgeny Kuznetsov, um, him joining the top power play unit for Washington was the impact of TJ Oshie. Um, since TJ Oshie has come back, that Washington power plays generating something close to um, 30% more shot attempts than they were without him. That's a lot. That is really significant. I think it kind of speaks to, you know, a little bit of familiarity having Oshi back there instead of Marcus Johansson. You know, he was in Washington, but that was like six years ago. Um, it speaks to a little bit of familiarity, a little bit better playmaking, a goal scoring option for them other than Ovechkin on that power play. Uh, you know, with that pretty bad Seattle penalty kill, I think some sort of Washington power play stack makes a lot of sense here. You can do like Ovechkin, Strom and Oshi or Ovechkin, uh, Kuznetsov and Oshi or um, something like that. I think the two guys that I would probably try to include are Ovechkin and Kuznetsov um, in most stacks. But, you know, put Dylan Strom there. He's going to play with Ovechkin at 5-on-5, five five, and they're playing well at 5-on-5 five five on top of that. So, yeah, don't mind McCann, Beneers, Eberle. I think they're a good contrarian-ish type stack, particularly on DraftKings if you're playing a bunch of lineups. Um, but I think it's some sort of Washington power play stack that's really appealing to me here. Yep. Agreed. On the blue line here, Carlson keeps on rolling. 6900 fine price. Like Trevor Van Riemsdyk with Orlov still out and um, the guy Ferreveri still out. I think, you know, he sees a t- tick up in minutes. 
he's fine for, for 2,600. On the Seattle side, Vinny Dunn, Adam Larson, Jamie Alexiak. If you have a lean, play the lean. Yeah, I just – I don't really know how much I like the Seattle defenseman here because the Washington penalty kill, um, you know, for any of the problems that Washington has had, their penalty kill has been legitimately great for weeks now. Um, and it's not like Seattle power play is one of those – you know, Boston or Colorado type power plays either. So, you know, probably not going to be playing Dunn or Schultz. If anything from the Seattle side beats cheaper guys, like maybe Jamie Oleksiak, the old big rig again. Um, he likes jumping into the play. Don't mind him. I agree with you on on uh, probably TVR or Jensen. I kind of lean Jensen. Um, just I'm pretty confident in him being able to put up some shot blocks. But uh, I think this is a decent spot for John Carlson again. Let's hope he can do something. Yep. Agreed there. As we mentioned off the top. We are sponsored by BetMGM. We can get you a BetMGM bet risk-free up to $1,000 and two months of Stochastic Platinum for free. If your, if your risk-free bet loses, a refund will be issued in site credit. You've heard me say it. Very easy to sign up. You need a Stochastic free Stochastic membership. If you have one, just log in. Then you click the BetMGM button and complete the necessary steps with the MGM, like make a sportsbook account. It's not very hard. Got to deposit at least $10. You can get a risk-free bet from 10 to to 1000 depending on what you want to bet. You make your bet. Your bet must settle to qualify for the Stochastic subscription. After all that is done, which is like 24 hours of stuff, very not involved. Look at that face, man. That's a face for radio on your screen. After you've completed these steps, you will receive an email from BetMGM Sportsbook, not Stochastic, BetMGM, with instructions for deeming your two free months Stochastic plus Platinum. Click the link in the description for more details and sign up. I can't stress enough. If you're going to do this, click the link in the description. Let's get that face off our screen and move to the next game. <laughs> Calgary, 3.8 total. Heading into Columbus, the Blue Jackets have a 2.6 total. Calgary Flames have the highest total on the night. It is a road total in Columbus. We saw Columbus just get absolutely ran over in slow motion like in – What's that move? Austin Powers. Like, uh, here we are with the Flames conundrum again. Like, I want to go back to the Flames top line. They're pretty nice price. They're not getting massive ownership. Like, 6% is fine. I, I I just I just feel like they leave a lot to be desired. Now, the, the Flames called up Matthew Phillips, who is leading the AHL in points, and stuck him with Milan Lucic and Trevor Lewis. You're better off just leaving him in the AHL if you're going to do that. He has better line mates down there. Put him in the top six with Kadri Manjapani, you muppet. I do like Calgary one here. Uh, Columbus moved, they swapped their lines. Nyquist is up on the top line with Jenner and Goudreau. Line A with Roskvik and Yegor Chinikov. So I'm probably – like Jenner and Goudreau have good numbers together. Anyway, but like Nyquist does nothing for me. This is a fairly tough matchup. This is Calgary one for me. Yeah. Um, when I saw Matthew Phillips playing with Milan Lucic, what I thought of was that Seinfeld episode when um, Kramer has to pay off a debt and he does it in pennies and then he just heaves the sack of pennies at a guy and sends him flying backwards. That's kind of what I feel like. Like Matthew <laughs> Phillips showed up at, at, at Morning Skate today and they just heaved Milan Lucic at him and said, Good luck. Um, yeah, you don't have to worry about Phillips tonight, obviously, playing on the fourth line. But, yeah, he had 30 points in 20 AHL games. Um, a lot of prospect people I follow thought he should have been up there last year. 
Um, so we'll see if he can stick around and work his way up the lineup. It's interesting that they have Gus Nyquist on the top line because obviously it's a pretty big defensive upgrade over Patrick Laine. Um, and it works out in the numbers as well. Only 2.7 expected goals against and 120 minutes together for the top line. Um, this Columbus top line um, this season. Nyquist did play there quite a bit when line A was hurt. Um, 3.6 actual goals against because of <laughs> the Columbus goaltending. Not that much better than the Seattle goaltending. Uh, and that's the issue here. But I think it is, uh, you know, a quote, tough matchup, at least a five on five for that Calgary top line, Hubert Olinholm to Foley. And as we mentioned, um, on the last show when we had Calgary, like they're generating a lot of shot attempts, but the quality is pretty bad. And the last couple Flames games I watched, like that matched the eye test. Like we're talking about like crossing the blue line, taking wrist shots from, you know, near the boards from the top of the circles or, you know, just jamming shots from the blue line. You know, not a lot of like cross ice one-time passes or like down low out front passes, you know, that type of thing that you see a lot of the real top scoring lines do. Maybe they just need some more chemistry, but I mean, you know, since they got reassembled there a few games ago, 2.4 expected goals for two goals for like that. That's basically what that top line has been doing all season. And until I see them do more, I don't really think I'm going to jump in and play them. So I'll be honest here and say that I like the Calgary second, second and third lines better than the Calgary top line here tonight. Now Calgary two is coming in with a fair bit of ownership. But they do have a good projection. Like they're projecting for over 30 DraftKings points as a trio, not far off from the entire Columbus top line, right? Um, so, you know, if you want to leave Dubé off, that's fine. Just go Kadri Manjipani or, you know, just put Kadri Dubé, leave Manjipani off or something. I would probably leave Kadri there because of the power play um, minutes. But, um, you know, some two man there. I don't even mind the third line. Like Backlund Coleman. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details have been really good um, for Calgary this season. And I wrote up, uh, I actually wrote up Blake Coleman in that picks article today uh, as like a cheap, you know, one-off winger that people can use. Um, he see his ice time has gone up about a minute and a half over the last few weeks. Um, that's led to more shots, more points. Um, you know, the line is controlling 62% of the expected goals when they're on the ice. You know, when Columbus's top line is off the ice, um, when Jenner and Gojo are off the ice, Columbus's goals against rate is over four. I think this is a pretty good match. Like, uh, I'm not going to say it's a bad idea to play any Calgary line except for the fourth line here tonight. I think this is just a situation where I'd be looking to save some money 
and it would be probably the second or third lines. I, you know, I don't mind. I don't even, like I said, I don't even mind a two man of like Backlund and Coleman or something like that. So I agree with you. Not in on Columbus in this game. It would be uh, more um, Calgary, like two man death stacks for me, I think. Yeah. I, I think, you know, like Calgary one's been bad, like you mentioned, but like Columbus has been taking a lot of penalties the last few games. And my God, has their penalty kill gotten thrashed? So I like, I kind of like, if in MME, I think going to the Flames one is also fine um, since they're all on the top power play. On the blue line, on the Columbus side, I think Gavrikov's fine or Gabranson's fine. On the Calgary side, Rasmus Anderson's been like lights out for some reason, which is fine. He's 5,200 on the top power play. No Hannafin still doing the thing. Uh, I, I guess you could play Wegar at 4K, but I'd rather play the other two. Yeah, um, Anderson, I, I mean, I think Anderson's just a pretty good defenseman, and he's earning a lot of minutes of late as well. So I, I think he's probably the guy I would play even with Hannafin's peripherals. And, you know, Columbus's penalty kill has been getting a little bit worse. I don't think that'd be really surprising to anybody that's been watching that team. So I do like Anderson here. Um, if you want to pay, you know, save some money, go down to Weegar. I think that's fine. Are we going back to Erica Branson? Like, he's been... <laughs> He's been the he's been the one leading Columbus in minutes. Like he actually had like a four shot game a few games ago. He's been putting up you know some blocks. Like I I think of Branson is one of the cheap defensemen that I like most here tonight. Like he'd be like in the top three or four. Yeah, and wow. let's transition the Erica Branson talk to Cliffy's favorite line, the Blackhawks top line, the Winnipeg Jets with a three point two total heading into Chicago. The Blackhawks have a two point eight total. Big save Dave is probable. Arvid Soderblom confirmed. Winnipeg back-to-back on the road. Uh, Jonathan Taze is back in the lineup tonight. He's on the top line with Anthony CU and Patty Kane. Second line of Philip Kershev, Max Domi, Taylor Radish. Blackhawks top line projected for 31 DK points. <laughs> just, uh, every morning they're on the slate. Cliffy just, you know, loses his mind at their projection. For good reason. I mean, like, Patty Kane has been, you know, he was up in, like, the mid-sevens doing nothing. Now he's 5,400 doing stuff. I just, like, in one lineup, it just feels absolutely awful clicking in Blackhawks. What what are you doing with them? Yeah, I mean, it's not like Kane has done nothing this year, right? Like, he does have five multi-point games on the season. He has three or two three-point games. Like, he's done some stuff. One of those three-point games came recently. Like a couple of the re- like one of the big reasons, or I guess I guess two reasons for you know that high projection we see here today. Um, one is Kane has been shooting a lot more, and that's something that I did note. Um, I'll reference the picks article uh, for the third time here. Um, he was at two point six shots per game in the first fifteen games of the season. That is really really bad for Patrick Kane. Um, it's been a lot better of late 4.3 shots per game over his last 10 games. He's still not scoring a lot. Like his shooting percentage, I think is under 5% for the season, but he's had a couple low seasons in a row now as Chicago's, you know, team has just been in, you know, full fledged decline, um, for years now. Um, but he is shooting a lot more, uh, which is why he's probably carrying such high projections as part of it. The other part is, you know, David Riddick is almost certainly going to start for Winnipeg here tonight as Connor Hellebuck started last night. I don't know if there's a bigger starter to back up drop-off in the NHL than going from uh, Hellebuck to Riddick. Certainly not this season with the way Vasilevsky's playing in Tampa Bay. Like, 
last year I would have said maybe Vasilevsky to Brian Elliott. Um, this year with the way Vasilevsky's playing, I wouldn't say that. I'd say it's probably Hellebuck to Riddick. Like Hellebuck is um, – I was looking at the goal saved above expected, which is – you know, you take the expected goals numbers and and how many does how many goals was a goalie expected to allow and how many did he actually allow and then that accumulates through the season. Like Hellebuck's not far off from saving Winnipeg about one goal per game this season, and David Riddick is at about minus zero point five per game. Like it's a one and a half goal swing between just the goalies this year. It has been a big big gap. So that's another reason why you're seeing such a strong Chicago projection. It's not even a terrible matchup. If they were going to match against the top line, the problem is, is that they do like to send that Kyra Dickinson line against opposing top lines. Huge hard season. And, and the Perfetti Shifley Wheeler line is the weaker defensive line of the top two uh, from Winnipeg. So this is actually a coach that's going to galaxy brain himself into putting his top line into a worse matchup. It happens all the time when, when teams are, are at home to Carolina as well, or, or Minnesota. And we'll talk about that later. So it's not a great matchup five on five for Chicago. It's not even a great matchup on the power play. Like, um, Chicago's about average, um, in time shorthanded per game or, or, uh, sorry about average or a little below average in power play opportunities, my mistake. Um, in the Winnipeg penalty kill, it's been pretty good basically the entire season. So it's not really a great power play matchup. Like, uh, like I have no problem playing that top line here tonight, but they're coming in with a ton of ownership, like double digit ownership. Um, I I just don't think I can back them at that at that ownership level. I really don't. Like they're one of our most um negatively leveraged lines of the night um on DraftKings. Um not as bad or on FanDuel, sorry, not as bad on DraftKings, but still um you know way over owned. Um if I was playing MME, I would probably have them in a single entry. I think I would honestly just rather play a Kane one-off. Like I don't want to have to rely on a, on Andreas Anthony see you scoring a goal and assist here tonight. I think um, more than anything, it's just a came one off on the Winnipeg side. Um, I think going back right back to the top line, I know they the Kyle Connor scored twice last night, I think. Um, but even like a Winnipeg power play stack is fine. I think the Winnipeg top line is going to be in a good matchup facing that third line from the Blackhawks. They have been generating a lot of expected goals. They have been generating a lot of goals. Um, Perfidi even has 12 shots in his last five games, even though he's not on the power play. So he's getting involved as well. I do like the Winnipeg top line here. Um, you know, hopefully people kind of overlook the fact that this is a really good matchup for the Jets. I know it's back-to-back on the road, but Chicago sucks, man. <laughs> like, there's no way around it. So I do like going back to Winnipeg one, maybe some one-off Patrick Kane on the Chicago side. Yeah, I, I do like the call going back to Winnipeg here. It is a big slate, but Chicago poopers. Uh, on the blue line here, like Josh Morrissey, sixty five hundred. I guess is fine. I just uh, that price is not fine to me. I mean, if you like Morrissey and you want to include him in the top two lines, there, go for it. Like he's fine. It's just too expensive for my taste. On the Blackhawks side, Seth Jones at fifty eight hundred. I think is fine. Seven hundred dollars cheaper than Morrissey. Uh, Jack Johnson maybe as a punt, but. Ugh. Yeah, Jack Johnson as a punt. This is where we're at at yeah. this point of the season. 
Um, yeah, I, I mean, Brendan Dillon is a guy that I, I don't mind sneaking in. Logan Stanley's projecting pretty well uh, for us. Um, you know, some more minutes might be able to get some blocks. So if he's another guy that if you need a stone mid punt, um, a Logan Stanley, definitely playable. Um, on the on the Chicago side, Connor Murphy's kind of the guy that's sticking out to me. He's a guy I don't want to play when he's like 4,200 on DraftKings. Um, down to 3,400, I think that seems a lot more palatable for me. Yeah, don't mind that call there. New York Rangers, three total. Heading into Colorado, the Avs have a 2.5 total. Igor Shosturkin probable. Alexander Yorgiev confirmed. Uh, Artari Lekkinen skated today, but he is out tonight. Valerie Nishushkin didn't skate today, but he might play. <laughs> if Nishushkin does play, I would imagine he does go right to that top line with Rannanen, whether he's with Newhook or Charles Houdon, probably Newhook. That top line would be fully correlated on the top power play. I imagine Houdon goes down to the third line with, you know, the Colorado Eagles. Rangers still running back those those goofy lines from the other night. Uh, Lafreniere is a bad Janikako had a pretty good game. Like, like if the Rangers had good lines here, I'd have more interest in them. I, I think that top line would where it would be where I would go. Just because you know Kako and Lafreniere are still really cheap, Zabanajan's on the top power play. I have a Lancer so banged up here, but like I just don't have too much interest on either side. This is where I'm, I, I just want to talk a little bit about line swapping or late swapping. Sorry, late swapping lines. Um, Valerie Nachushkin may be back tonight. Now, if he's back, we don't know what lineup combinations are going to be. But they've been pretty consistent on leave, leaving Cogliano, Comfort, and Logan O'Connor together. So I imagine they would just stay together. And then I think Charles Houdon would just get booted from the top line. And then they go with Newhook, Lekkinen, and Valerie Nachushkin as the top line. Now, I think off the top of my head, that line is 16,600. Um, those three guys, particular guys on DraftKings. Now, I know it's a late game and there's only you know four games starting at that time or later besides that one. But that's a lot of games. And there are, you know, different options that you can go to um, in those late games. Like Vegas 2 um, is actually a line I like tonight. And they're $1,000 cheaper. So you could just swap to them if Natushkin isn't out. I'm not sure it's a real route I would take um, in single entry. But Natushkin won't have any ownership on him here tonight if he's back. And if we can get a top line of Newhook, Rantanen, Natushkin, that seems fine to me um, against the Rangers. That, like, it, it doesn't seem like a terrible line um, offensively. And then, you know, you add Comfort Makar on the power play. It, it, they're starting to look like an actual NHL team again if Natushkin is back. I think it's, if you're playing a lot of lineups, I think it's kind of worth taking the risk of running some new hook, um, Ranton and Natushkin uh, combinations and then late swapping off if that isn't the line, I'm sure there is some sort of Rangers power play stack. You can put it in its place. Like I said, you can leave some money on the table and drop down to Vegas too. There are options there. Um, that's just something I would mention. If Nutrushkin is out, I wouldn't be playing Colorado. So it would really just entirely hinge on his status on the Rangers side. It's actually, I guess what would be their third line technically that I wrote up um, in the power plays article. The reason for that being um, reasonably priced one, 
The other is uh, assuming uh, the Rantanen and the Comfort line go out against the top, top six from the Rangers, which would be the Zvanishad line and the Panarin line. You're going to have Kreider, Trocek, and VC up against that Colorado bottom six, which is just loaded with AHLers um, because of the injuries. Not only that, but you get two out of the three guys on the top power play unit. And the Colorado penalty kill, I don't think it surprised anybody, has been on a slide since all those injuries started to hit a few weeks ago. So um, Colorado, one of the most penalized teams in the NHL, um, above average at 3.6. I think they're around the top 10 or just outside. Um we know how dangerous the Rangers power play can be. If I'm even strength stacking any line in this game, other than maybe taking a gamble with a Tushkin, Rantanen, uh, new hook, it would be that third line of Kreider, uh, Trocek and VC. If you want to use any of the other Rangers lines, I, you know, I think they're all in play considering how reasonable their prices are, but I want to get as many players. If I'm even strength stacking line, I want to get as much of that uh, Rangers top power play as I can get. So it's Kreider, Trocek and VC for me. Yeah, the one thing that concerns me about this game, <clears throat> excuse me, it opened at a six. It's down to a five and a half, just something to keep in mind. That, you know, doesn't have massive effects on DFS. Just interesting. To note, if you've never had a stochastic NHL membership, this is for you. This is for new users only. It's a three-day risk-free trial. Click the link in the description below and you get full ac- full access to everything NHL has to offer at stochastic projections ownership top stacks rankings me cliffy i think discord yeah you join the community get in that discord we're a weird bunch of dudes and and chicas in there uh you get everything you get give get to get everything test driven for free for three days if you like it continue if you don't you should continue anyway because that's weird that you didn't like it and i don't like you if you don't like it i don't really like i, I don't hate it but yeah, click the link in the description, get your three-day free trial. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Minnesota Wild, 3.1 total. Heading into Edmonton, the Oilers have a 3.4 total. Marc-Andre can't save a puck to save my life. Flurry, still mad at him for the other night. Stuart Skinner, both probable. Edmonton top line, 25200 on DraftKings. That's wildly expensive. Of course, Edmonton put up like eight goals the other night, and it was the first game all season they decided to spread out their scoring. But Edmonton top line not coming in with massive ownership for good reason. They they take up like half the salary cap. I still think this is a pretty good spot. Like they'll probably avoid Joel Eriksson Eck because I mean I'm sure they'll have some shifts because Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle played 41 minutes. They're going to have some shifts against Eriksson Eck, but like for the most part. Probably going to go out against Steel, Kaprizov, and Zuccarello. Like, at this ownership, I think you have to consider them at the price. On the wild side, like, again, here we are with these awful five-on-five lines. I think you can do some sort of power play stack. Yeah. um, I'll just mention, like, if that Edmonton top line is a little bit too expensive. Like, one thing I've I've been doing, uh, uh, not a lot, but a couple times, is just using Ryan Nugent-Hopkins instead of Zach Hyman. At least it saves you $1,000 and 
you know, thousand dollars is a thousand dollars when you get to the point where you're spending a lot on those top lines. Um, here's kind of a little bit of my issue with going with the um, Oilers here tonight. Um, Minnesota doesn't really take a ton of penalties. They're around league average for time shorthanded per game. Um, their penalty kill has also been very good, um, which is a little bit worrisome. Like I know Marc-Andre Fleury has definitely had his bad games this year. Um, but almost half of Connor McDavid's points on the season have come on the power play. Um, if they, you know, if Minnesota can somehow um, not get wrecked on the man advantage, you know, they can keep McDavid in check. Um especially with Jonas Brodeen back in the lineup. Like he's maybe their best defensive defenseman. If not, he's just right, you know, he's right behind Jared Spurgeon. Um, I think they're, you know, there's always reason to play Edmonton at this ownership. Like you said, they're kind of going to be coming in at single digits because of how expensive they are. And I, I do think there are some lines that you can use it with them. Like we talked um, about the Calgary, um, the Calgary depth a little bit earlier. I mean, Chicago isn't super expensive depending on who you use. Um, we'll talk uh, a little bit um, a little bit later about Arizona, even though I, I don't think I'm going to get to Arizona. But, um, you know, maybe even San Jose. Like, there are some cheap players off the top lines. Well. Like, there are ways you can go here. I just think, like, if you're looking for a matchup um, where, you know, McDavid might not put up, like, a four-point game or something like that, it would be against a team that doesn't take a lot of penalties that has a and that has a really good penalty kill. Um, on the flip side, Minnesota's not coming in with a ton of ownership either. They're coming in at about 6% owned, um, on DraftKings at least. I should probably um, clarify that. Um, over on FanDuel, um, a little bit less even. Um, and Steele's been really good with them on the top line. Um, three point expected goals for three actual goals for those are good, not elite offensive numbers, but they're that's way better at five on five than what they were doing with anybody else since Ryan Hartman got injured. So he's really helped them turn around their play at five on five. And Edmonton's one of the most penalized teams in the league, 3.8 times shorthanded per game. Um, Minnesota's above average drawing power plays per game. And the Edmonton penalty kill is still awful. Um, I honestly think I like the Minnesota top line on this side. I will never ever say playing McDavid and Dreisaitl together if they're on a line is a bad idea. I don't care if they're going into Boston. Um, I think it's perfectly acceptable. I just think for um, considering the price and considering the power play matchup, I do like the Minnesota top line in this game. So I think that's the direction I would go in. You know, if you want to take out steel, make it a little bit more expensive, put in like, you know, Boldy Erickson or something like that. I think that's fine. But I like, I really do like this matchup for Captain's Officer Corello and Steel. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we'll just, you know, leave it at that. Like Edmonton, for as good as they are offensively, that top line there, you know, there's the segment on Twitter we call Here Come the Oilers for a reason. They tend to do oiler things. Let's move to the blue line here. Jones Berdina is back. I think he's fine. He's 3,700. Alex Goligoski on that top power play unit. 3,100, also fine. Spurgeon, 4,500, also fine. On the Edmonton side, Darnell Nurse, 4,700 would be the guy. Can use Tyson Berry. You can, you can use Bouchard. I just want to go with the minutes with Nurse. Yeah, I agree, especially where it's not a particularly good power play spot. I think Nurse makes sense. The Minnesota defenseman conundrum is a little interesting because Michael Russo, um, one of the, you know, probably the most notable Minnesota beat writer, 
he mentioned something while we were on the air uh, on Twitter that um, is a good point. Kalen, like a, it was like a month ago, maybe three weeks ago, Kalen Addison was supposed to be healthy scratched and then somebody got sick. So Addison ended up playing, but Alex Goligoski was supposed to jump to the top power play unit um, over Kalen Addison when Addison was supposed to be scratched there a few weeks ago. Um, obviously Addison did get scratched. He stayed on the top power play and he's been there ever since. Jared Spurgeon's the guy that's been getting the secondary power play minutes. He got some top power play time last year. So I assume it'll be Spurgeon, but Goligoski might end up jumping to that top power play. And like I said, it's a pretty good power play spot for Minnesota. I think Goligoski's a fine play, even if he's not on the power play. Um, I just think there's a chance that he gets to that top power play. And I think um, at his price, like he might be one of my favorite defensemen on the night. Yep. I agree. Eight minutes left, three games to get through. Let's, Rock and roll. Boston Bruins 3.7. Such a data. Gotta stop that. Boston Bruins 3.7 total heading into Arizona. The Coyotes have a 2.2 total. Jeremy Swayman confirmed Vimelka probable. If Olmark was in net, I'd say I'm not even considering the Coyotes, but Swayman's had a pretty bad year. I guess you consider you can consider the top line for the Coyotes and MME 2.2 total at home is wildly low, though. This is a Boston game for me. I think you can either full stack the top line, you can go the second line, you can even go the third line, but I think my favorite thing to do is power play stack. Yeah, I'll just briefly mention Arizona. Um, Boston has been much worse defensively on the road, still good defensively, but not like league leading defensively on the road this season. And it is Swayman in net. Um, I'm not going to the top line. I'm not, I think they'll probably see that Bergeron matchup. I'm out. Uh, it'd be a one-off loss in Kraus. That's the one thing that I have interest in um, on the Arizona side. He's on the power play. He does shoot. He does get a better matchup getting away from Bergeron. Um, probably lost loss in Kraus one-off. Yeah, I mentioned David Pasternak in, that, in the picks article. I, Pasternak might be my favorite play on the entire slate here for the simple reason that Arizona is by far the most penalized team in the NHL. 4.3 times shorthanded per game. The Bruins draw 3.8 power plays per game, which is like sixth or seventh in the league. The Bruins could see a lot of power play time in this one. Um, I know they're on the road. Boston power play stack. Whether, you know, take out DeBrus, put in Pasternak, take out Bergeron, put in Pasternak as a triple winger. Um, you know, just use Pasternak as a one-off. Uh, do a two-man with Pasternak and McAvoy. Like, there are a lot of ways to go about it. Uh, Boston power play, yeah. Yep. On the blue line, Charlie McAvoy is the power play guy. He'd be the guy for me. Not really super exciting punts either on that side. So on the Arizona side, nothing really. Troy Stetcher. Yeah. He's been blocking some shots. Doesn't play a lot of minutes, but he blocks a lot of shots in the minutes that he does play. He does take shots. I don't mind Troy Stetcher. Another one of those super cheap guys. Yeah, don't mind that call. Excuse me, my voice is going nuts here. Let's move to the next game. Well, uh, yeah. Um, Where's your goblet? It's on the kitchen table. (laughs) Well, maybe that's that's why. Um, You should have had your goblet with you. Um, Keep hydrating. Yeah. My diva, I you know, I'm a diva. Whatever. Philadelphia Flyers, 2.4 total. Heading into Vegas, the Golden Knights have a 3.6. Carter Hart, Aiden Hill, probable. Jack Eichel on the ice for skate. Stone on the ice for skate. So if Eichel's in, uh, he'll be opt on that top line with Stevenson and Stone, which be, would become a two-center line. But Eichel will take back his power play one spot. 
I think there is big merit to going to both Vegas lines here, especially if Eichel's in. If Eichel is out, Vegas 2 is my preferred option. On the flyer side, <clears throat> wow. If it is Aiden Hill, I think, you know, I don't think in one to three I'd get to the Flyers' top line, but in MME, I wouldn't hate if I got some organically. Yeah, I'll men- one thing to mention while we were on the air, they said Tony D'Angelo is going to be a healthy scratch for the Flyers tonight, um, which is funny because he just scored games ago. Um, and they called up uh, Cam York. Um, he was in the NHL last year, obviously, had, a, I thought, a good season <laughs> this year in the AHL. He only had 13 points in 20 games in the AHL, but I was looking at his team, and they're the second lowest scoring team in their conference, I think. I um, York has either scored or assisted on 25% of their goals. So, I, like, he can run a power play. Um, I haven't I haven't been able to check if he's in the player pool uh, for – um, I doubt it. He's um, not. Yeah which kind of sucks. I wouldn't mind uh, playing him. It's a Vegas game for me. I have no interest in the Flyers, um, especially if D'Angelo's out. He's pretty integral in running that uh, top power play unit. Uh, It's Vegas too. I mean, if you want to take a risk with Eichel, um, I think you can. But if he's out, you know, you only have a couple games to pick from. Um, You would be, you know, kind of boned. I guess you could, you know, maybe go to um, a San Jose line, you know, leave a couple thousand, uh, do some sort of San Jose power play stack. You could do that, but um, you just may be screwed if, if he doesn't play. Just watch for that. So it's Vegas too. I like here. Um, you know, Marsh, Marsh, so still shooting. They're generating 3.3 expected goals, um, three go- and three actual goals per 60 minutes over the last three weeks. Really soft matchups against that, you know, second and third line from the Flyers. Um, Vegas too is what I like here. Yep. Last game of the night quickly San Jose Sharks with a 3.3 total. Heading into Anaheim, the Ducks have a 3.1. E2 Makininiemi is confirmed. John Gibson probable. I like Sharks' power play here. I do think there is some merit to go into the Ducks' top line. Yeah, the Ducks' top line, pretty good this season. 3.2 goals um, per 60 minutes. Both Terry and Zegers have been shooting at 5-on-5 late. I mean, Terry shoots all the time, but it's Zegers shooting more at 5-on-5. That's nice to see. Um, A bit of a tougher matchup. Um, I wish that, um, you know, going into San Jose one, but it's a, you never know with these goalies. Um, any goalie can have a good night on any, on any given night, but you know, San Jose has definitely had their struggles, um, at five on five this year. I think Anaheim's top line is coming with a bit too much ownership for me, but I think they're perfectly fine. And I actually, I like Troy Terry, um, a lot here tonight, just in general on the San Jose side. Um, it, Probably would be um, some sort of power play stack, especially with Barrett Banoff back in the lineup next to Couture. You know, you can do a relatively cheap Bear Banoff, Couture, two-man, add in, you know, Timo Meyer, uh, make it an uh, extra power play stack. But, you know, the Anaheim penalty kill is just absolutely awful. So focus on the San Jose power play, guys. I think, you know, a two-man Couture, Bear Banoff is a nice, reasonably cheap two-man to use here tonight. Yep, agreed there. Goalie is an absolute mess tonight what are you doing john gibson was the guy i wrote up um he's fairly cheap uh, on both sites here tonight he's had some pretty big games this year despite the fact that and it's because anaheim allows so many shots right like he faces the most shots per game of any goalie in the league so i do like gibson at a cheap price don't mind vtech vanacek either if you want to pay up um a little bit uh the new jersey goalie i guess igor's fine i guess um in that matchup 
And of course, King Carl Vamelka returns home to the college stadium. Uh, if he's starting, I don't mind Vamelka either. Yeah, I'll add in uh, Arvid Soderblom. Uh, it could be a rocky ride, but he will see the volume. Who is your hat trick pick tonight? Just talked about him, said I like him as a one-off. Hopefully the Ducks can do some damage tonight. I'm going with Troy Terry. I'm going to continue my spice tour and go Alexis Lafreniere. Spice tour? That's um, Is that like a Dune reference or a Star Wars reference? I wish I was smart enough to say Spice Girls, but I didn't really think of what I was doing when I said it. <laughs> oh, I, uh, I suppose you you uh, you want to be my podcast mate? Yes, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start the show with that now. Okay. You just you created a monster. Smash <laughs> that like button. We'll be back tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern, for some hockey talk with some energy drinks. So for Cliffy, I am Josh. You know who we are by now. Smash the like. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Good luck, everybody. Good luck tonight. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.